0: The podcast that you're about to listen to may cause some listeners to either get down or lay down. Okay, happy innovators, check this out. The other day I had a piece of footage of me speaking, like an interview that I did that I had released a long time ago. And I clipped it down to like just like a minute of me speaking and talking, you know, on camera. And uh, I loaded it into some AI software that claimed, you know, it could change my video and my audio to another language. So not only was my speech going to be different, like another language, Portuguese in this case, but my lips, my face, my expressions, my inflections in my voice, everything would be on video and audio, okay? So I figured what I would do is share it with you here because it just really freaked me out. So what we're going to do first is I'm going to play for you the audio of what I'm actually saying in English, the original clip of the interview. So here we go. Check this out. Um, I started
1: playing music when I was really little, probably about five years old. Um, Why did I start playing? Well, you know, I listened to music and uh, I liked it and uh, just kind of having exposure to different instruments and stuff, I would um, like, maybe like instead of playing like, you know, chutes and ladders or something, I would prefer to kind of like sit down with a guitar and kind of make something up or you know, be doing something like that making something up and that's probably why I started to do music or was interested in it because I realized I could I had exposure to different instruments and I realized that I had a knack for it and people around me would kind of acknowledge that that I had an ability you know it was clear
0: okay so that was the original interview clip that I loaded into this AI and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you what the AI handed back to me. Uh, this clip I just played for you translated into Portuguese and the video is actually translated too. It's changed so that my mouth and my expressions on my face and everything are appropriate for what I'm saying in Portuguese. Check this out.
2: Quando e por que começou a jogar? Comecei a tocar música quando era pequeno, por volta dos 5 anos. Por que comecei a jogar? Bem, sabe, eu comecei a jogar porque eu vi música e gostei muito do que eu vi. E apenas ter exposição a diferentes instrumentos e coisas assim, eu gostaria talvez em vez de tocar, tipo, você sabe, tiros em questões ou algo assim, Eu preferiria meio que sentar com uma guitarra e meio que inventar algo, ou estar fazendo algo assim, inventando algo. E é provavelmente por isso que comecei a fazer música, ou me interessei por ela. Porque percebi que tinha exposição a diferentes instrumentos e talento para tocar. Foi isso que me levou a explorar meu potencial musical. As pessoas ao meu redor meio que reconheciam que eu tinha uma habilidade. Isso era evidente para todos.
0: Isn't that absolutely crazy? I just, I still cannot believe that that is actually possible. And you know, that process of changing the English to Portuguese was really only a matter of minutes. It didn't take long at all for that AI to not only take the music that was underneath my voice, but the expressions on my face, the lighting, everything. The way my mouth is moving, my tongue and my teeth, everything, you know, everything is changed perfectly or almost perfectly to Portuguese. And, you know, we did this on a whim, my wife and I, you know, we just wanted to see if it would work. And we were both just taken aback by it. I still am. I can't really um, wrap my head around this idea of watching myself speaking another language like fluently and it's I mean, its just shocks me to see it's actually me you know um, you know it would be different if it were anyone else you know but it shocks me because um, it's so good you know it's a little bit flawed there's a couple of glitchy flawed little spots in the video footage but um You know, as far as I know, like the translation is proper, you know, uh, I haven't had anybody say that it was wrong, you know, or not accurate. I can't speak Portuguese and English, so there's no way for me to really know. But the implications of something like this are enormous. You know, I mean, I I still just, uh, I can't express enough to you how shocked I am by this it's really kind of sat with me for a few days now in my head I just keep thinking about it like the potential for this kind of technology you know uh, what does it mean for the future not just for me but really for the world you know Um, and the odd thing is is that you know prior to doing all this experimentation with this AI thing I was already going to do a podcast about, you know, well, you know, along the lines of at least, anyway, AI, in, in, in talking about that again, and oh, this, this happened, you know, we did it like, you know, in an afternoon, we just did it to do it, just to see if it would work, and it did, and oh, it just got my mind reeling, so, you know, I wanted to talk today about how, you know, basically... In my opinion, okay, I feel this is like really important to talk to you about, or to at least say it and be someone who is saying it to people, okay? But you can think about anything else in your life. You can think about politics. You can think about your bank account. You could think about your family. You could think about your car, all the stuff in your life, and you can prioritize it, Okay what's the most important, what's the least important, okay, but, but, I'm here to tell you that, in my opinion, okay, the most important thing in all of our lives right now is the potential, okay, for AI to change the face of everything that we see and hear about okay and it may not seem like it's a big deal to a lot of people I I get that but I think you're wrong if you think that way because when you really think about it okay everything that you interface with in the outside world especially if you're using a smartphone is centered around you know content that's being shown to you so everything from commercials, TV shows, news reports, you know, political speeches, everything, everything is content oriented. So if that content, no matter what it is, who it is, wherever it was made, if that content can be changed into something that is not true, Okay, something that is false, something that is impostor. Okay, um, think about the implications of that. Okay, now I've talked on my podcast before about how I already kind of think there's a lot of that going on. I talked about Tucker Carlson, you know, doing his uh, YouTube broadcasts and how they looked a little weird to me and. You know, something didn't seem right, you know, and uh, maybe it was fake and all that. And, oh, I'll tell you what, I used to really think that it was possible. Now, after this whole, you know, deal with loading up just a small little clip of me talking on camera and watching how quickly it changed into something that looks pretty convincing, pretty real, uh, I know, I know that I'm right. You know, like I've always operated under the idea that like if the technology is like in my hands, you know, if it gets to me, it comes to me all the way down here at the bottom of the barrel. Then what are they doing at the top? You know what I mean? Like for the people that have been dealing with this kind of thing and have mastered the idea of AI and everything, they, they're in that world. What are they doing? With it, You know, uh, you got to really wonder, you know, we hear a speech from the president of the United States. And is it a real speech? Is it is it even really him talking or is it somebody else who takes his likeness and his voice? And, you know, they say their own speech and they put it out there like it's the president speaking. And if you don't know the difference, think about how dangerous that is. That idea is so wild, but what's even crazier than that is the idea that it's not only possible for that to happen, it's probable that that will happen. Think about that. Now, at the same time, we also have to kind of accept this idea as something that's not completely negative. Like it could have a lot of positive benefits, you know, somebody being able to speak to people in another country that speak another language and get their message across, you know, that's not entirely bad. If technology can help to make, uh, something like even like this podcast more accessible to people that speak another language. Well, that's fascinating, and that that's a great opportunity. And oh man, who would have ever thought that that would be possible for like me, you know, the guy that's at the very, very bottom of the podcast world, you know? Think about it; it's outrageous, um, and it's fascinating, and it's exciting. You know, it's not all gloom and doom, but at the same time, you, you know, you gotta, you do have to kind of be realistic about you know expectations and you know what people are really capable of doing you know with this kind of technology it's both dangerous and exciting at the same time you know and you know I gotta tell you like I said earlier I'm just I'm blown away I am blown away at not only how well it looks and sounds but how quick it was produced. Like it didn't take days or hours to, you know, translate this speaking video of me into another language. I, I just, I can't believe it. I watch it now. Like I have for the past few days. And each time I watch it, I think it just blows me away even more. It's like sinking in that this is real. And, um, The potential is just, oh my gosh, I I don't even know. I don't even know. It's crazy. But we all need to pay very close attention to the things that we see and hear on our phones or on our computers, on YouTube, on Twitter or X or whatever, Instagram, all that stuff. You have to be extra vigilant. We all do. Uh, with what is possible now in the world, you know, and especially here in the United States with the election coming up. Oh my gosh. You know, I I made predictions last time before the last election and I was right. I said there will be no way to verify the vote count. That will be the problem. You know, well, I'm going to make another prediction right here, right now today. Um, There is going to be so much disinformation surrounding the 2024 presidential elections in the United States that we won't know up from down, you know, like you're going to have to rely on your ability to discern what is bullshit and what isn't, what is real, what is fake. What is AI generated or what is organic and naturally made video and content and speech? and I mean, it's just like the implications of this are huge. And my original point that this is probably right now for all of you that are listening to this podcast right now, the most important thing in your life right now. OK, and for the next you know few months is going to be. What is AI generated and what is real, just real footage, real content, real speech? You may disagree with me and that's okay, but mark my words in the coming months, it is going to be out of control, okay? And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but that's where we're headed. Do you know what I mean? You know, lately I've been checking out these videos by this guy on YouTube. His name is Nicholas Bowling, And, uh, he's like a street preacher, an evangelist that goes out, you know, into like the public spaces and he'll preach and, you know, the, the Bible. And, uh, he's particularly famous or known for going to like pride events and, um, Uh, Parades and things like that. And he'll show up there with a microphone and a speaker and he'll just start speaking the Bible and talking about Jesus and all this stuff. And normally I'm not really interested in that kind of thing. You know, Um, I guess, you know, I've always admired the Protestants, you know, and their ability to know scripture so well and to have the guts to go out there and kind of do it and kind of say it because it takes a lot of guts to do that. Okay. Um, and this guy in particular, man, he's got balls of steel because he'll show up into these, you know, situations, these crowds of people that are just, you know, rabid with hatred for him. And he will stand there and preach the word of God to people that absolutely hate his guts and they do not want him there. And, you know, I've said before in other podcasts over the years, you know, I've talked about how if I hadn't been a musician or my life hadn't gone in that direction, I probably would have been like a cultural anthropologist. I'm I'm fascinated by people and cultures and why people do things that they do and why they eat what they eat and say what they say and wear what they wear. I mean, I love that stuff. Um, you know, anytime I make a friend or an acquaintance, let's say, uh, via this podcast or my music from another country, um, I love that stuff. I love asking questions about their life, And like what it's like for them, you know, on the street, you know, street level, not politicians and famous people, like just normal, everyday people. What is their life like in Russia? What is their life like in Belgium? What is their life like in Brazil? I'm fascinated by that stuff. So watching this Nicholas Bowling guy step into these situations and do what he does It is absolutely fascinating to me to watch the interactions with him and these people that, you know, really, really hate what he's saying. They do not want him there. They don't want him to be saying what he's saying, yet he has a right to be there and to say what he's saying. And it's fascinating because, you know, at first glance, when you're watching this guy do his thing, and I'll leave a link down in the description for this video on my youtube video um so you can watch a clip of this guy doing his thing but uh it's fascinating because um it starts out pretty much the way that you would probably expect it to you know he powers up his Speaker, He starts talking and people start yelling at him. Shut up. Get out of here. You know, they're hostile. They're yelling at him. They're blocking his camera. They're trying to steal his equipment or turn off his equipment. And then the police have to get involved and protect him from these people that are attacking him for being there. You know, Um, and what's really interesting, though. Is that if you kind of hang in there a little bit and you watch and you watch and you watch, some of his videos will go for like an hour or two hours. But if you keep watching, it's really strange because what happens is there's maybe like in any given situation with Nicholas Bowling, there might be like, let's say, 2,000 people at this, you know, pride event that he shows up at. Okay. And Out of those 2,000 people, maybe, maybe like a hundred of them will actually walk up to him and say something to him, you know, or throw something at him or, you know, try to do something to hurt him or stop him from talking. Okay. But if you keep watching, it's really strange because out of all those people, all right, the 2,000 that are there and the hundred that actually walk up to this guy and confront him and do things and say things to him out of that 100 people maybe 4 or 5 of them will come up to him and they'll say something they'll act like they hate him they don't want him there but they'll stay close to him and they'll listen to what he's saying and it's fascinating because it's like you know on a spiritual level to me it's A very important lesson. It's a very important act that this guy is committing for these people. Like if you come from the thinking that the gospels of Christianity are true they're they're real, that Jesus Christ was real and uh, we do have a life after death. If you believe that stuff or you're on the fence about that kind of stuff like you're not dead set against it You know, there's a part of you that wants to hear, that wants to be convinced, okay? Which may sound strange to some of you, but I guarantee to some of you, that doesn't sound strange at all, okay? Um, It's fascinating because it never fails. Like, by the end of his, you know, excursion into the LGBTQ community, you know, pissing them all off and irritating them, there might be like four or five people... You know, that really listen to him. You know, they're waving their pride flag. They're there. You know, they belong to that lifestyle, but they're listening to him. Okay. They're willing to listen and they want to listen. And maybe, okay, maybe a part of them wants to be convinced. And there's a part of their soul, okay, not their flesh, but there's a part of their soul that is seeking that and he is providing that for them not me not anybody i know you know nobody i know has the guts myself included none of us have the guts to get up in front of a crowd like that you know and to say it anyway and not be afraid and um I am both fascinated by it because of, you know, that reason that it's like, wow, the guts it takes to do that, to stand in the face of people that will spit in your face and punch you and kick you and attack you and yell and say horrible things to you, you know, and to just stand there and withstand that kind of punishment and keep marching on, you know, that keep standing up tall, like it's really, really amazing. And it's actually, to me, it's been a revelation to watch, you know, you don't, don't watch five minutes, watch the whole video, watch the whole interaction, because there's so much, you know, human behavior on display, not all good and not all bad. It's like every you know, facet every every uh, color in the spectrum is demonstrated. You know, there's people that are very kind. There are people that will walk up to this guy and say, you know, you're really not doing anybody any favors. You should just get out of here. Or, you know, we've already heard this before. We don't need to hear it from you. Uh, die. You know, you should die. You're. You know, Jesus was this and God is that. And, you know. All these different angles that people come from, but it's like those four or five people that come up to this guy. At first, they're kind of aggressive and they say, Get out of here. Like, we don't like you. You know, we don't want to hear this, but they don't leave. They stay close to him. And it's like they have to have the frontery of hating him. Okay. But something deep down inside of them recognizes that what he's saying is true and that he's not saying it to condemn them. He's saying it to save them. Like he's there to save them. That's what he's, that's really what he's doing. And it's fascinating. And it's really a a very strong act of love for other people you can see it as he's a, a Bible basher he's uh, you know like any negative whatever you want to throw at it but the reality of it is is at the end of the day what this guy Nicholas Bowling is doing is a very charitable and generous act of love for these people that he doesn't even know you know and He's not condemning them. You know, he's there to help them. He wants to help them. I believe that, okay? I believe that he, his intentions are truly pure and good, okay? Now, I don't know Nicholas Bowling, and I probably never will, but these videos of his are some of the most interesting th- stuff I can find on the internet. It is absolutely fascinating to me that when you get down to it, like when, with people, when you're dealing with people and you're talking with people that you don't know, um, when you can get past the barriers that we put up between each other for whatever reasons, you know, to look cool or, you know, to seem strong or whatever, once you get past all that bullshit that we put up between each other. And you just get down to talking to people in a very real way, you know, a real way talking to them, just talking to them really and really listening to them, you know, and talking and exchanging ideas and being kind to one another. Okay. Um, wow. That's some really powerful shit, man. We better, and I mean, like all of us, we better learn from that. You know, we, we all better learn from that. Like, just go into the future, you know, with that attitude of just having genuine care you know, for other people. And, you know, honestly, I would like to think that I'm the kind of person that walks around like that all the time. But it's not true. It's not true. Um, I would be lying to myself. If I if I thought that because, you know, I'm human and I'm stupid and I, you know, I'm flawed. I make mistakes and things like that. But I guess deep down inside, I I really feel uh, love, genuine love for people, for strangers. But I'll be honest, you know, when they disagree with my politics or they disagree with my faith or whatever it is they disagree with. I have a tendency to be a little bit of a dick. You know, I can be like that, you know, I have to kind of keep myself in check and make sure that I'm not being unkind and I'm being fair and I'm, you know, being the the bigger person, you know. But it's not always the case. And, um, you know, that's something that maybe we all, not just me, but all of us, we all have to work on, you know, is just having a little bit of empathy and a little bit of, uh, I guess, sympathy for each other. You know, like everybody has a story, especially, you know, come on, those people at those pride events and stuff, their lives are, who the hell knows what has happened to those people? You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't know what's happened to somebody in their life. You don't know what's the story behind this person that's standing in front of you, but dollars to donuts, it's, man, it's a long story, you know? And a lot of really shitty things have happened to people. You know, myself included. Everybody, everybody has a story, you know? And, uh, you know, it's through these videos, right? Through these videos from Nicholas Poling that it really kind of hit home with me. You know, um, like a social experiment. You know, that's what it's like. Like you're watching... A real time social experiment it's not actors, it's not reality TV, this is real people that really hate this guy's message, you know like they do not want to hear it, you know but he's there anyway and he's not there because he hates them, he's not there because he wants to condemn them for their lifestyle or anything like that, he's there because he is genuinely trying to save them And he wants to help them. And not all of them are going to listen. Not all of them are going to be susceptible to that message. But some of them will. And I suppose that that's really the point of what he's doing. He's not there for the 2,000 people. And he's not there for the 100 people that walk up and, you know, throw something at him or smack the camera or the microphone out of his hand. He's there for those five people that linger after everybody's gone and they're still standing there. They're still close to him. They're just listening to him, you know? Yeah. And then eventually, you know, some of them, some of them will like ask him to pray over them. I mean, they will, they'll get to the end of the day, you know, And uh, he's getting ready to pack up and go. The, The parade is shutting down, and there's still some people that are there. And they'll ask him to pray over them. And, you know, I have my opinions about street preachers. I have my opinions about that kind of thing. And they're not all good, okay, honestly. But it didn't take me very long, you know, watching this guy in action. Right now in the world... The way it is right now as hostile as it is and bitter and people are closed-minded and they're really stupid and oh my gosh that's a whole nother podcast of just how stupid people are getting it is unbelievable to me sometimes but that's a whole nother ball of wax anyway the point is is that you know we can all take a lesson from this book from nicholas bowling you know of uh Genuinely caring about people that you don't know. Now think about that. Everybody that listens to this podcast would probably say, Oh, I care about people that I don't know. But that's not true. That's not true. I mean, we are all the same. We have a suspicion of each other. We, are, we have pride and arrogance and all those things that get woven in. I mean, you may have some people in your life that you can hang with and be open with and empathetic towards and all that. But usually they're people that you have to know already. You know, you have to trust them or whatever. This guy, this Nicholas Bowling dude, he's walking right into the face of this stuff and confronting it head on and really probably changing some lives in a very real way. You know, just by what? preaching the word of God to people that may or may have not ever heard any of it. Okay. And their only experience with somebody who's Christian is a negative one. And, oh my gosh, there are so many people like that, you know, that have had really, really negative, horrible experiences with people that claim to be Christian, you know, finger quotes implied, right? Like it's, and it's bullshit they' they're not Christ-like and they're not good, you know? And you know what? I fall into that category too. You know, I want to be good. I try to be good, but come on, let's face it. It is so difficult to be good all the time. It is, you know, and I guess in my opinion, if you're a real Christian, you get that. You get that part of being a Christian or a large part of being a Christian is knowing that you are flawed. That's why you're Christian. Not because you think everybody else is flawed and you're not. It's the opposite. It's like or or it's like you have a collectivist kind of approach to it where it's like we are all a mess. Okay? But one way to sort out that mess in your life, one way that is really effective and it works and it's good, is to get on board with those Christian values and to really try to live them out. And once you step on that path, you'll kind of see your life changing for the better, okay? Now, at the same time, you're also going to get, you know, attacked from the other side because I believe anyway, okay? That there are forces at work in this world. There are positive ions and negative ions. There are angels and demons. I believe it. Okay? I don't have to, you know, have a scientist prove it to me. Okay? That's bullshit. Because science is. Okay. Anyway. It's important for all people that are hearing this right now to understand that. That. Being a Christian is not about being a perfect person. That's not why people are Christian. It's not why they become Christian, okay? They become Christian or they are Christian because they can acknowledge their own flaws, their own weaknesses. They realize what they really are. They've looked themselves in the mirror and they are clear about what they are and what they're trying to do and what they really want in the world, okay? Even though their actions may or may not demonstrate that all the time, it is a decision we make, you know, like we're going to approach our lives at least oriented in this direction. Okay. Maybe not living it out perfectly, but trying to. And that's really all that God Almighty is asking of us is that we try. We try to try. You know, it's just that simple. You know, so I mean maybe you're tired of hearing me talk about it, but I'll tell you what, do yourself a favor. If you want to be entertained, I mean truly, truly entertained, I would say watch any one of those Nicholas bowling videos. It's fascinating. And there's no way you can watch one of those videos and not take a position one way or the other. It's impossible. But if you do take the time to check out some of his stuff, do me a favor. And don't just watch like a minute of it. And don't just watch like five minutes of it. Watch like an hour of it. Because that's when you'll really see the magic. You know what I mean? Have you ever listened to anything from that guy, uh famous guy, his name is Bill Maher he's a stand-up comic and uh, he's got a talk show and now he's got a podcast that he does and everything and you know um, I gotta be honest with you, you know, I've never been a very big fan of Bill Maher Um, you know, I think that the reason for that is because we are basically at odds, him and I Uh, We come from two completely different places. Uh, We think very differently about many, many things. Um, And uh, Bill Maher, to me, started out as uh, somebody that, you know, I didn't hate him, you know, because I don't know him. Um, And I try not to hate anyone. But I didn't like him. And I don't like his shows. And I don't like his jokes. And I don't like the guests that are on his shows. You know what I mean? like I I don't like him. And uh, I haven't for a very long time. But then I got to say that uh, he did this interview with Joe Rogan. Okay? And uh, I was watching because I like Joe Rogan. I don't like Bill Maher, but I like Joe Rogan. So I was watching and I'm glad that I did because there was a part of me that really started to kind of like Bill Maher. Like, maybe I had him all wrong. You know, like, he is kind of like a dick. And, um, I I, I think that he's very stupid, you know, and I disagree with a lot of what he says, but he was saying a couple things that kind of, you know, lined up with me and how I think, you know, and, uh, I had to take a second look and had to think about it a little bit, you know? kind of like gain some perspective on Bill Maher. You know? Is it a big deal? No. Not really, no. But I wanted to talk about it because uh, I've kind of gone on a journey with Bill Maher. You know? Um, It's something that I've thought about a little bit. You know? Uh, Maybe because he keeps popping up on my radar. You know? I mean, right now, he's probably one of the more famous people. In entertainment, you know, uh, very successful, very wealthy. I, I believe at one point, um, I might be wrong about this, but I think he owned like the New York Mets or something. Like he had bought like a sports team. He has that much money. He's that wealthy, and um, you know, gotta respect that. You know, he's he's done well for himself, and he's uh, earned a lot of what he has. You know, and I can I can respect that. And I could admire that. I I don't have to agree with his politics or whatever. But, you know, I had mentioned that I was on this journey with Bill Maher. So I'm going to elaborate more on that today. Um, I watched him uh, on a podcast with a comedian named Bill Burr. And I think Bill Burr is really funny. I don't always laugh at his stuff. It's not always funny. But most of the time, that guy's pretty damn funny. Okay. And, uh, him and Bill Maher were doing a podcast together. Two professional comedians, um, one much younger than the other. You know, Bill Maher's been doing it way longer than Bill Burr. And, uh, you know, I'm watching this podcast with this idea in my head, you know, still remembering the Joe Rogan thing. Like, I used to hate Bill Maher. Now I kind of like him. And then I watched this, you know, podcast, this exchange with Bill Burr. And I was so shocked at how arrogant Bill Maher was being with Bill Burr. That, you know, I actually kind of felt bad for Bill Burr. He was like embarrassing. Like, holy shit. This guy is just such an arrogant prick. I can't believe it, you know. And um, so I started out hating Bill Maher. I went to liking Bill Maher I went back to hating Bill Maher a little bit I was kind of like why was he being like that with Bill Burr why would he be rude and condescending to another professional comedian okay that bothered me Rub my rhubarb you know and then uh not too long ago uh, I was watching one of Bill Maher's podcasts that he does and uh I think it was with either somebody like Candace Owens or Kenny G, the saxophone player. It was somebody, you know, that had been famous for a long time. And, uh, Bill Maher was so condescending and so rude to this person as well. And it kind of occurred to me that the reason that Bill Maher is so disagreeable to me and so arrogant which I absolutely cannot stand if anybody knows me they know that I can handle anything but if you're arrogant oh man it gets me on the fast track to being pissed off you know like fighting mad you know and uh, I can handle anything else but Bill Maher is like the king of like arrogant condescension you know And the reason that I think he's like that, and he can really kind of afford to be like that, is because somebody like Bill Maher, in my opinion, as far as I know right now, and this may change, okay, in time, I might change my mind again on him, but as of right now, it's like this. This guy lives in an ivory tower. You know, he has no idea what's going on, like on the sidewalk, like on the street, Okay? He's living in a penthouse, a very pampered, comfortable, protected, exclusive kind of lifestyle that keeps him well out of touch with what's happening on the ground with real people. And, you know, this guy has this rabid hatred for Donald Trump, right? And the people that would vote for Donald Trump. okay. But the reason that that guy, Bill Maher, is like that is because he's out of touch with the plight of people that are on the street, you know, that are trying to make it, they're trying to make it to the next paycheck, they're trying to live and survive. What the hell does he know, way up there in the penthouse, the life that he's living, well, and that he earned, okay, he did earn it. but. What the hell does he have in common with me? Absolutely nothing. We're okay, wait, we're Americans and we're both men, okay? And we're both in the entertainment business. Okay? That's that's what we have in common. Other than that, there's nothing else there. You know? So that's why I wanted to talk about it because I'm almost going like full circle with this guy, you know? That's what it seems like to me. And I can't think of too many other you know, celebrity types that I feel that way about, you know? Like, um, like if I had the chance to talk to Bill Maher one-on-one, I- I'm not really sure I would want to, you know? I think he's kind of a dick. I think that he's kind of uh, arrogant. And I think he's uninformed. I think that he's out of touch. ...with reality and what people are really going through in America. And, you know, I would question, like, why he even has a show where he's able to talk politics. Because, you know, he's living in a different world, man. You know, I I don't understand that. But, you know, i got to give him props because he takes shots from people that are on the far left. He takes shots from people that are on the Right. You know, he's kind of uh, a moderate Democrat, which is closer to me than, you know, pretty much anybody else I can think of. You know, I would consider myself, as a libertarian, I would consider myself very close to a liberal Democrat. There's a lot of things that I think are valuable about uh, the old school, you know, liberal attitudes, you know, the things that used to be. Democratic, you know, Democrat, DNC, the the old school, you know, I'm there. I'm there. Um, uh, But I won't vote Democrat, you know, and apparently, I'm sure as you guys have all heard by now, that Robert F. Kennedy, you know, is a Kennedy, has stepped away from the Democratic Party. Can you fathom the meaning and the depth of, you know, how serious that is, that the Kennedy's Good Lord, the Kennedys are walking away from the Democratic Party in America. That's happening in our lifetime. And it's because of the, the far left you know, extremists, the woke people. They, they don't want him. They don't want old school Democratic values uh, in the DNC anymore. They, they don't want it. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of Americans, I think, that do. I, I believe that's true there are there are more people that are in touch with uh, or connect with the old school Democrat way than there are the people that connect with the new wokism and all that shit you know um, they're outnumbered I, I believe it's true you know uh, and it shocks me shocks me and it kind of hurts me a little bit too that uh, the DNC would you know kind of like by force get Kennedy out of their party and into the independent realm you know as a candidate Ah, what a tragedy what a tragedy in America when the Kennedys who are like royalty in America you know turn their back on the DNC that's actually happened in my lifetime I can't believe it but Then again, there's a lot of stuff about the world right now that I can't believe. So here we are, you know, here we are going into this election cycle. Um, And uh, I'll tell you what, everything that I've said today applies, you know, it's like we are in for the wildest election cycle that we can imagine. If you thought that the election last time was crazy or the one before that was crazy, buckle up, my friends, because we are in for a ride. It is going to be outrageous and crazy and hostile and a lot of screaming people and yelling and fighting and all that. And there's going to be I mean, trust me, okay? there is going to be a lot of very fake shit being plugged into your phone. You know, you're going to be getting fed a steady stream of bullshit, okay? So be on your guard, you know, keep your eyes open and try to discern what's real and what's good and what's bad and all that. And, you know, I'm going to try to do the same, you know? Um, but uh, I suppose I've done enough blathering for one day. So uh, I'm going to leave it there for now, but... um Oh, you know, I wanted to mention that, uh, you may or may not know, but I recently released a new song by PC3 called Earth, ERF. E-R-F, Earth. ERF. and it's on Spotify and all that stuff, you know, it's everywhere, all the, all the platforms, and, um, it's the first track from a new PC3 album that I'm going to be releasing over the next few weeks, so, um... Check that out if you want. And, uh, you know, remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, happy innovators. I've got some music for you today at the end of the podcast. And uh, what I'm going to share with you today is that song that I mentioned earlier in the podcast today. Uh, the song, Earth, E-R-F, by PC3. Um, I'm going to share with you that track because it's new and I like it. And uh, people seem to be enjoying it. And uh, hey... It needs a plug, right? It needs all the promotion it can get. So here we go. Without further ado, the brand new song from a brand new PC3 album called Days Away. That's the name of the album. And this is the opening track, Earth, E-R-F, Erf. Check it out. Peace out, everybody.
1: There are four types of creativity. Responsive Creativity, Expected Creativity, Contributory Creativity, and Proactive Creativity. Sound-by-Sound Introduction. A complex auditory exercise. A stream of sounds Introduced at varying speeds. The nature of sound sequence that you will learn about can also reduce levels of anxiety. Explored at a slow and leisurely pace with no time constraints whatsoever. Increase the level of relaxation. If you are interested in this program, discuss your options. Your application is complete. Let's go away. (laughs) Shining. <laughs>